I was going through some things uh, this week, and I came across uh, some lists of questions that I call ponderables. 
things that you think about that you might not normally think about. And I want us to think long and hard about a question this morning, but before we get to that question, I thought I would share some of these with you so we can kind of get the juices flowing, okay? Why is nighttime called after dark when it is really after light? <laughs> Do you ever think about that? It's not after dark. It's after light. If love is blind, why is lingerie so popular? <laughs> kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? It does. And let me tell you again, you're not going to get this anywhere else. It's the only church in town you're getting this stuff right here. I just hope you appreciate that fact. If one synchronized swimmer drowns, do the others have to drown too? I don't know. If the number two pencil is the most popular, why is it still number two? How do you get to be the number one pencil? I, I don't know. It bothers me. Now here's one you got to think about a little bit. If you try to fail and succeed, which one have you done? If you try to fail and succeed, which one have you done? Is it okay to listen to an AM radio station in the afternoon? I'm waiting. I'm letting it. I'm letting that one sink in a little. I go. Well, I don't know. I'm radio station. Oh, PMA. I get it. Yeah. All right. Now here's another one you really got to think about. Okay. If quitters never win, and winners never quit, who came up with the idea that you should quit while you're ahead? Huh? It makes no sense. How much deeper would the oceans be without sponges? Huh? Huh? Talk about flooding. Oh my gosh. If we got rid of all the sponges. Would the speed of lightning be faster if it didn't zigzag? No, if it just poof, straight down. I think it would be. I think it would be. When cows laugh, does milk come out of their nose? It was great at the 9.30 service. One of the people was sitting in there drinking a Mountain Dew. Right at the moment, I said that. She went, it spewed Mountain Dew out of her nose. It was fantastic. It was fa I, an unexpected response, surely. But uh, see, I don't know because I've never figured out how to make a cow laugh. So I can't try that one. All right, if we have any uh, bank people here, this question's for you. When you bounce a check, why does the bank charge you a fee on money they know you don't have? <laughs> does that not make sense? You couldn't even cover the check, and now they want you to pay a fee. Is a turtle without a shell homeless or naked? 
think about these things. They're important things. Why does the government call it the Department of the Interior when they're in charge of all things outdoors? Huh? Why isn't it the Department of the Exterior? It would just make a lot more sense. Why is a person who invests your money called a broker? I would personally much rather invest with a richer, you know, than a broker. What happens if you get scared half to death twice? Huh? Never thought about it, have you? See, you need to think about these things. And just one more. This one's just kind of dumb, but it made me laugh, so... Is it true that cannibals won't eat a clown because it tastes funny? <laughs> I, I apologize for that. Okay, I apologize for that one. But, but it just made me laugh. So, See, deep questions of life. <laughs> but the question I want you to ponder this morning, to give some serious thought to, is one of the most important questions you can ask. What is the purpose of life? Why are you here? About 20 years ago, uh, the pastor at Saddleback Church in California wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life. And that book became the most popular Christian book ever sold next to the Bible. It seems that he hit a chord with people. A lot of people were thinking about and seeking to answer the question, what is my purpose in life? And this is one statement Rick made that really stayed with me. Everybody ends up somewhere in life. A few people end up somewhere on purpose. Let that sink in a moment. Everybody ends up somewhere in life. A few people end up somewhere on purpose. I know of many people who live very rich, full lives. People whose lives have meaning and significance and purpose. People who, when they are gone from this world, will leave a legacy that will be long remembered. But sadly, I also know of people who just seem to simply exist. They kind of drift through life from day to day with no real sense of direction or purpose. They are kind of like Alice in Wonderland. Alice was in Wonderland, and she really didn't understand the place and was trying to figure it out, so she headed out down the road, and she came to a crossroads. And up in the tree was the Cheshire Cat. And she stops at the crossroads, and she looks every way that she could possibly go, and she asks the cat, I don't know which way to go. Which way should I go? 
And he replies, well, where do you want to be? And she says, oh, anywhere will do. And so he replies, well, then any road will take you there. Isn't there a lot of truth in that? That's pretty profound for a make-believe cat in a tree. <laughs> if you don't know where you want to be, then any road will take you there. And I think there are an awful lot of people who are asking that same question, I don't know where to go, but they have no idea where they want to be. And so they're just choosing a path. Living on purpose means having a clear mental image of the, of the kind of person you want to be and the direction you want your life to go. And once you have that, you have a much better chance of coming to the end of your life and being able to look back at it without regret, saying, I've lived my life to the fullest, and it mattered. There are so many scriptures that we could turn to to talk about this, but I've settled on just one, one passage of scripture. It's a very simple verse, but yet it's very profound in the way that it addresses this question. I'm in Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10, and if you're using a pew Bible, it's on page 1819. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And as I read that verse, there seem to be two principles that stand out. The first one is that it's not about me. My life is not about me. We live in a society, in a culture that is very me-centric. The primary value of life anymore seems to be personal happiness. You need to do what makes you happy. You need to acquire what will make you happy. You need to surround yourself with people who will make you happy. You need to make choices in life based upon how happy will I be if I do that. See, it's all about me. And as I read that verse, I realize that the purpose of my life is really not about me. Because I am created by God for God's glory to fulfill God's purpose. I mean, that's basically what Paul said there. 
For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You are created by God for God's glory to fulfill God's purpose. There's no me in it. (laughs) It's all about him. And once I begin to orient my life around the one who created me, instead of orienting my life around me, then significant things can happen and change. We are God's workmanship. Think about that for a moment. When you create something, maybe you do a painting or a drawing Uh, Perhaps you do some kind of craft project. Perhaps you scrapbook. Uh, Perhaps you build things out of wood. However you like to create. Maybe you create in the kitchen. You like to create special recipes. But you create with purpose. You don't just grab things and do something and say, however it falls together, that's okay. And imagine going into the kitchen and say, I'm going to grab the first 10 ingredients I see. And I'm going to put them together and I'm going to feed it to my family tonight. I got a feeling the result would not be good. Or I've got this pile of wood here. I've got this box of nails. I've got my hammer. I'm just going to start putting boards together. And however they come together, that's going to be my creation. Or I'm just going to grab a brush and some paint and I'm just going to start slinging paint all over this canvas. And however it goes on there, that's how it is. Now unfortunately, I think that's what they call modern art today. (laughs) I, I don't know. You see some of this stuff and you go, was that an artist or was that a four year old with finger paint? I don't know. I don't know. But I think the point is that when you create, you create with purpose. I'm going to create something in a certain way for a certain purpose so that when I am done, I will have something that will fulfill the purpose for which I created it. And that's exactly what Paul is saying when he says we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You were created for a purpose. And the other part of that is realizing that the purpose for which I am created is unique to me. You are a unique, one-of-a-kind person. There is no one else like you. I got to admit, there's some people you look around and go, thank God, Uh, you know, there's only one. I don't know why I'm looking at Don, but I, I, I don't know. I didn't mean to look at you, Don. I just, I just did. Unique, one of a kind. Think about this. God created you to be a premiere, not a rerun. You were not created to be just like anybody else. And there are things that you will accomplish in the course of your life that no one else will do. I really like Dr. Seuss because he has a way of saying things that delights children but makes adults think as well. 
And in one of his books, Happy Birthday to You, this is what Dr. Seuss says. Today is your birthday. Today, you are you. If we didn't have birthdays, you wouldn't be you. If you'd never been born, then, well, then what would you do? If you'd never been born, what would you be? You might be a fish or a toad in a tree. You might be a doorknob or three baked potatoes. You might be a bag full of hard green tomatoes. And worse than all that, you might be a wasn't. A wasn't has no fun at all. No, he doesn't. A wasn't just isn't. He just isn't present. But you, you are you. And now isn't that pleasant? Pretty good for a children's author. If you could ask the Apostle Paul, he would say that God has never created a wasn't. We have all been created by God for God's glory to achieve God's purpose. So that leads us to the next big question, what is it? (laughs) I have one, we've established that. So what is it? It's the second part of that verse. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Oh, it's got to be more than that. That's, that's too simple. That's too easy. To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. When I was growing up, I was convinced that my purpose in life was to be good. Just be good. I mean, that's what I heard from all the adults in my life. My mom and dad would constantly say, be good, behave. I heard that quite a bit, actually. My teachers, my Boy Scout master, sports coaches, everybody, I want you to be good. I had an uncle in Kentucky Think redneck, and you've got this man figured out, okay? And I'm not, that's not an insult, that's just truth. Uh, his name was Harse. He was my uncle Harse. Harse. H-A-R-C-E. Yeah, I know, it's, the, it's, it's a weird name, but it was his. My mother's brother. Lived down in Kentucky, lived on a farm. Lived in a house where a big old tree had fallen on it, smashed in half the roof. Their way to respond to that was, let's just close these doors here so the raccoons can't get in this part of the house. <laughs> Where's Mike Moon? He would appreciate this. Where, where? He would. Um, they had an outhouse for a bathroom. He made coffee by putting it in a pot and boiling it on the stove. I swear you could take a spoon and put in a cup of coffee and it didn't move. It just sat there. It was that thick. But he would sit on the front porch. That was his main activity in life. Once he retired, was sit on the front porch. And we would pull up in our car on our family vacation going to see relatives in Kentucky. And I'd get out of the car and Uncle Harse would look at me and go, 
There's Roger. He's a good one. Yeah. I'm a good one. Just remember that, all right? It's important. Now, I don't recall that he ever said that to my sister. No. No, he didn't. Roger was a good one. And that, okay, that's what I'm for. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be good in everybody's eyes. But then as I got a little older, as I became a Christian, as I began to read the Bible for myself, I figured something out. The purpose in my life is not to be good, but to do good. And there is a difference. The purpose of my life is not to be good. It's to do good. I was good, but I'm not sure I was doing any good for anybody else. But I come across Ephesians 2.10 and say, wait a minute, I was created by God to do good works, which he's prepared in advance for me to do. Which means he figured it out long before I even came along. And it doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter what uh, hobbies you have. It doesn't matter who you marry, how many kids you have. Uh, it, uh, the particulars of life don't matter here. No matter who you are and who you're married to and who your family is and what your job is and what things you do in your free time. Regardless of all that, your purpose is to do the good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. Sometimes they can be very simple things. We've got, we've got a, a man here in this church. I'm not going to name him. Don't want to embarrass him. But he simply goes around handing out Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> now, how, how simple is that? You don't know how many smiles come on people's faces because somebody cared enough to hand them a Tootsie Roll. Every Sunday morning, I stop at Speedway to buy a newspaper. I buy a Sunday paper. And there's usually the same lady in there, and she's usually not in the best of humor because he's having to work early Sunday morning at Speedway. And I go up, and she scans my paper, and she tells me it's $2, and I give her my $2, and she says rather routinely, well, have a nice day. You know, and kind of kind of, kind of like that, you know, like I'm going to say this a hundred times today, so have a nice day, you know, have a nice day. And I've tried to make a point as I take my money and she says that, of smiling at her and say, I hope you do too. And she always kind of stops and looks at me because most people don't respond, or if they do, they're walking off going, yeah, you too, yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and just the fact that you take a moment to say a kind word back to her makes a difference. It can be something that simple. Handing somebody a 
Tootsie Roll, saying a kind word. Or it could be something very involved. You may come across somebody that really has some needs in their life and you know that you can do something about that or you can connect them with people who can do something about that and you get involved and you know how that is and one thing leads to another and I thought I was only going to help them with this and now I'm helping them with these three other things. But at the end of the day, You've made a real difference in that person's life. You did good. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are meant to be life enhancers, joy givers, hope bringers. To enrich other people's lives. Every day, it's my goal that the people I come into contact with will be better off because I was there. I don't always succeed in that. Sometimes I cause more trouble than I'm worth. But on those days when I'm mindful, that I was created by God for God's glory to fulfill God's purpose, and I'm mindful that that purpose was to do good works. I do them. And my goal is that when I come to the end of this life, and I go up to that porch in heaven, God will be sitting there instead of my uncle, and instead of saying, here comes Roger, he's a good one, he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Let's pray. God, I thank you for teaching us in your word that we are all people of worth and value. No life you have created is ever wasted. We may choose to waste it, but it's never wasted in your hands. And Father, I pray that every day we would seek to fulfill our purpose, to do good, not just to be good, to truly seek to make a difference in other people's lives, to fulfill the purpose for which you created us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. A person who does not have a personal relationship with their creator God through his son Jesus Christ can never fully accomplish their purpose. The creation cannot live a full life apart from the creator. That's why having Christ in your life is so essential. And every week we take a, a few moments of our service to give you an invitation 
to say, if you are ready to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are ready to say to him, I love you, I believe in you, and I accept you as my Lord and Savior, then you can take that step of faith that will set you on the path of your purpose. I want to invite you to do that. It would be my privilege to receive you as we stand together. We're going to sing hymn number 29, verses 1 and 3. And I invite you to come. Wonder